for most people in the coaching world, the progression goes up the ladder. You learn the ropes as a beginner, and as you have success, you keep moving up levels. My guest today probably didn't plan it this way, but his coaching path has likely gone the other direction, going from college to high school and now to youth boys, and it's all been by choice. His last move meant giving up a head job he held for 22 seasons at Kennedy High School in Silver Spring, Maryland. Now, rather than coaching other people's kids, he's coaching his own son, and he's here with me today. Coach Diallo Nelson, welcome to the Youth Sports Experience. Thank you for having me, Mark. I'm very excited to be here, and uh, obviously an honor. Yeah. Uh, before we dive into coaching, briefly tell me a little bit about your background in basketball. You know, it's funny. I grew up in Silver Spring, you know, right on the D.C. line. You know, me, my two brothers, mom and dad, uh, come from an athletic family. All my, all my brothers played sports. We played everything from soccer. I mean, back in the day when we played everything, soccer, basketball, football. Uh, my brother was – my older brother was a big taekwondo uh Junior Olympic, you know, uh, uh, participant. You know, my younger brother wound up going to college at Naval Academy to play football there, and he's uh, he's the head of uh, recruitment for Naval Academy football right now. And myself, you know, it, it was – I'm in the middle. You know, my younger brother in the Navy, my older brother and I, you know, he lives in Georgia. We, they were football guys, and I was the only basketball guy. You know, because I was the slightest built out of all of them. People can't believe that now when they say it. But people don't realize, you know, when you get to college and you play basketball, people are bigger than you think. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I just growing up in Silver Spring, we grew up under the Wheaton Boys Club system in the 70s and 80s, back when Boys and Girls Clubs, uh, back then, they, they, for some reason they called them Boys Clubs, but um, where they pretty much ran everything. Grew up playing through the Wheaton Boys Club, soccer, basketball, football, played some baseball there. Uh, and and that's where, you know, I know my mom was an athlete growing up. Um, and it was just something that we just would embrace, embrace at an early age. You know, academics was always uh, pushed real hard in my household. Both my parents were straight-A students in college, you know, and it was like, hey, Academics, athletics go hand in hand, and and luckily, you know, for us, we we embrace that, you know, and 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 uh, growing up in Silver Spring, you know, growing up playing on the black tops, you know, growing up with the Ebrook Lee Middle School, played there, Kennedy High School, I played there, graduated nine, you know, and uh, luckily uh, after high school, I was able to go to Tennessee State, Ohio Valley Conference, and played. Uh, my freshman year, and I redshirted my freshman year, and uh, the coach was fired after that year. So I'm thinking to myself, am I going to stay with a new coach coming in? I just got done redshirting. I don't think. So I decided to leave. And I, and I saw looking at other schools, and I would have to – back then, you had to redshirt again if you transferred to a school. And, and I was like, nah. So I came back home and played junior college at McGurmy uh, College in Germantown. And then uh, had, a, had a very good career there. It's funny. Uh, my second year, I was you know, we had good teams. Was a NASA tournament every both years, and you know I was you know lucky enough to be All American both those two years. And my second year, Jerome Williams, a lot of people know that name. 
he played with me my second year before he went on to Georgetown and the NBA. And then St. Francis University recruited me. Uh, and I went up there and played from 92 to 94, and I started coaching there afterwards. You know, so, it, like, athletics has been part of our life, you know, my whole family's life, you know, from – and all of us have kids. All of our kids play athletic, you know, play sports, you know, and, and it's just part of – we saw that we saw it as a – as something that brought us together, obviously as a family, and it's funny, like, all the connections I have and all the friendships I have and people live across the, you know, across the United States, obviously overseas is through pretty much athletics, you know? So sports was it for us, you know? And, and, and I, and I just, it was just a natural draw for me, you know, to go into coaching after, after I got done playing and then eventually coming back to the high school, you know, and doing it there. Can you see like kind of the point I made in the open where you, you start off in college, right? right. <laughs> and now you've kind of gone in the other direction. That right. plan, was it? You know what? It's funny. Like when I, when I came out of college, I thought it was something I'd want to do for a living. And being an assistant for four years, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm 20 at the time. I was 22 because I was young. You know, uh, I didn't turn 18 to the second semester of my freshman year. I mean, as I was in college, I was a young, I started school early. And I, and I, and just get that opportunity. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I like this. I think I can do it. But man, just, you know, as you know, the hours you put in, the stress it was. And back then we didn't have the internet where you could get game film at the, just by tapping a couple of buttons on the computer, you travel to Pittsburgh, Youngstown State, you go all these places to pick up. If the FedEx guy doesn't come in on time, you got to go get the film. And I was a low man on the total pole, so I'd be in the car driving through the night. You know, I started getting, like, stress ball spots in my head just because it was just 16, 17, eight hours a day. Yes. And I loved the coaching part. You know, I loved being on the floor. You know, and I, and I, I love building relationships. I love the teaching part of the game. You know, but I just – I said, you know what? I'm not quite sure this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. My and the head coach at the time, Tom McConnell, who's very well known throughout, you know, the basketball, uh, you know, community. He, 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 he was the first one to, to suggest to me. I said, Diallo, you've always been great with the kids in our camps. You always love the teaching part. You always built relationship with the younger kids. And if this is not something you want to do, I really think, you know, high school and being a teacher and, you know, and, and making an impact on young people's lives, you know, is something that, that will probably turn out, will be very beneficial to you. And I thought about it, you know, and, and I had connections in Montgomery County. At the time, our ex-high school principal was the deputy superintendent. You know, Mr. Lee Evans, he's still the principal at Magruder High School, you know, and I, I contacted them, and I was able to get in easily, you know. And looking back, that was a great decision, I think, for me, mm -hmm. you know, because you know, everybody looks on TV, and, you know, you say, oh, man, I love to be a college coach. They don't know what goes on behind the scenes. They have zero idea. <laughs> right, yeah. The travel is crazy. I mean, my wife, I mean, I, some people listening will know my wife is the women's coach at Maryland, right? And, I mean, yeah. she's pretty much gone from the 9th to the 29th this month. Visits with recruits across the country. It's great. Right. So, right. You know, back to you. Uh, so 
then you end up spending 22 years, which is remarkable because nobody lasts that long, right? I mean, very, very few people do. Building the program at Kennedy, right. 22 years, you're seriously invested. Yeah. Make the decision to leave it and coach what would have been sixth grade basketball? Yeah, at the time when I, when I, when I left, it was when I made a decision, it was, you know, the March, uh, probably solidified, even in March <clears throat> 2020, because I'm on the state, the state committee, state championship committee, we were prepared to get ready to do the state tournament. We were getting ready to go down to, you know, to Maryland and get set up for the state tournament. And like the day before, they canceled. It was done. And then, um, and when you're thinking then, I didn't thought I was going to stop coaching. I knew it was coming because, you know, me and my wife discussed this a long time ago. When we had three children, all of them play sports. Once it got to the point where they were all traveling, you know, you know, as everybody likes to joke, like when you have your first kid, oh, yeah, you know, you all are you all two on one. He had a second kid. Then it's man to man defense. Then we had a third kid who playing his own. Now all three of the kids are traveling. No, my wife had held it down for so long, getting kids to practice and stuff because I'd be gone so much. We just knew it just wasn't going to happen. We we had spoken about that years ago. Like, look, once the kids start playing travel, we're all running around and moving. You know, it's, it, you just can't keep coaching. And because uh, and so I think I thought that we would go back and and I told her, oh, just give me one more season because I had a very good team coming back. You know, I, I had like. Th- three juniors that started since their freshman year and I had two seniors and we had won 17 games the year before. I'm like, oh, man, we're going to be good. Just give me one more year. And then they canceled it the next year. And I was like, ah, I'm done. You know, and realistically it wasn't, and people, people today, even somebody asked me today at work, man, is it difficult for you not to be coaching the big Kennedy and, and not being coached? Everybody knows you as coach Nelson. I mean, I've caught, I've told, I've coached kids, kids of kids that I, that I coached. <laughs> You know, when I started. So it wasn't a difficult decision for me, you know, and because and I knew I wasn't going to stop coaching. I just knew my my attention was going somewhere else. You know, I wanted to coach my son. I wanted to be at all my at my girls, my, my oldest daughter's volleyball games. She goes, she, she's a freshman on the varsity at Wild Lake. I want her to be, I want to be at those games. And I wanted to be at my youngest daughter's soccer games when she plays with Sack. So you only get to do this once. There's no do-over in raising kids. You know, I just wanted to make sure I was there all the time as much as I could. Even though you've had, I mean, a life full of sports experience, mm-hmm. was entering the youth sports world as a parent still somewhat eye-opening for you or a learning experience? Yeah, it, it was because as a coach who has done, I mean, my, the, my first coaching experience was when I was 17 years old. I coached Kennedy's summer league team guys I just played with a few months ago I'm coaching them now in the summer so I've been coaching for a long time and and but when I when I, when I stopped coaching and I'm as a parent sitting in the stands you just feel and maybe it's arrogance maybe it's ego you just watching I'm like wow why are they doing this man and then and my wife would look at me and say look stop complaining unless you plan on coaching <laughs> So it was, so I just be biting my tongue, and and it was hard, and 
you see things that your child is doing. You want to coach it from the sideline. You want to say something. And sometimes you do. And I get that look like, hey, stop talking. <laughs> and, and it was hard. But I was just surprised at just how uh, intense parents are. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It just, it's so intense. And, and I can understand it because they're competitive. They want the best for the child. They want the child to succeed. But a lot of times we forget, you know, we're talking about 9, 10, 11, 12 year olds and 13, 14. I mean, realistically, they're just beginning their athletic, you know, experience. You know, and it's not going to be perfect. And I also think there's something about basketball because it's so end to end, back and forth right. in a gym and the noise is echoing. Right. It just it heightens it somewhat compared right. to other sports. Yeah, because basketball, like you said, um, like one of my major themes is as a coach, look, you're going to turn it over. You're going to miss shots. You're going to make bad plays. But guess what? The you, We're changing ends of the floor constantly. If you sulk over the last play, then guess what? You're going to make two, three, four, five, six, seven mistakes in a row because you're worried about one play that's not going to decide the game. Everybody's turning it over. Everybody's missing shots. So look, just play through any mistake. It's not a big deal. The hard, you know, and that's but look, that's easier said than done. It's hard. It's hard to. It, it's hard to overlook mistakes. Absolutely, and it's hard to forget them. And when you're watching your kid, it just it becomes this somewhat irrational experience because you're. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah, you get emotional. You get you get very emotional. It's funny when I before I started coaching my son, I was far more. Irrational. Now that I coach him, you know, see, the one, the major difference for me, I can see what's going to happen but what, far before when it happens because the, the, the speed of the game is slower. Like, I'm used to coaching high school or college, and the, and the speed of the game is quicker. So, you know, and, and I can see somebody's going to turn it over before they even make the decision. Just by looking at, looking at them, I know what they're going to do. So you understand, you see it coming before it happens. You say, all right, get back, get back, get back. <laughs> right, right. So 22 years, really successful at Kennedy. Okay. I mean, I have to imagine that, I mean, you were kind of at the peak of your coaching ability, right? I mean, all those mm -hmm. experience, what you just said, how clearly you see the game. Right. And now you bring all this to youth basketball. Uh, are you a better coach now you know, as a, what, seventh grade coach, then mm. you say, you know, 20 years ago, early in your Kennedy career. I'm, I, I, I'm a far better coach now. And the, and the reason why I say that is because um, to be a good coach, I mean, any good coach you see in the country, they are great teachers first. So they teach the game. You know, they understand. I have become a better teacher of the game. You know, I, I, and, and, um, and and I spend a lot of time studying the game. You know, like I tell them, I, mean, I stay up every night, 10, 11, 12, sometimes 1 in the morning. And my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm just watching film. Or I'm watching. I'll pull up different drills from other coaches. Say, yeah, I like that. I think we can use that. And also, I think uh, the game slows down for you the older you get. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it was funny. I was talking to some of my former players today. They they like to come to my classroom during lunch. And I told them, I said, man, if I ran some of the stuff I run now when you all were freshmen, sophomore, man, we'd have won a lot more games. It's because you always find something better. You're studying. You're studying as a coach. You're learning. You're learning how to teach things better. You sure you have more patience when you get older. When I was younger, I mean, guys, I mean, I was like <laughs> Steve Turner, a good friend of mine, and Gonzaga called me the Black Bobby Knight. I mean, I was, I was like, I was, <laughs> I was high strung, you know, and I've slowed down as I've gotten older, you know, and I think I've become a better teacher and a better understander of the game. Did you have this experience? Uh, I don't know how many years ago it was, but. Um, my wife just told me that all of a sudden she just started seeing things so much more clearly, so much quicker. Yes. You know, it just happened. Yeah. 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 It just does. I mean, you just, you just understand the game better, you know, like when, like when I first started coaching, I would run stuff that we ran in college and yeah, we get wide open shots and I couldn't understand why we couldn't hit shots. Then one of my friends called, told me, like, D, you were coaching Division One players. If they're wide open, they're going to hit the shot. You're coaching kids now who will never play after high school. That's not an easy shot for them. You're running great stuff, but you got to run stuff that is that makes sense for the talent that you have. And that's what I didn't understand as a young coach. And as I've gotten older, you know, especially with the youth basketball, I'm running things and we're doing things that, makes sense for them. You know, everybody, every coach, let's let's, let's be serious. Every coach knows some, some, some extent of basketball. But the key is, can you implement a system that works for the kids that you're coaching? And coaching youth basketball, especially at the AAU level, you're recruiting kids that match your system. When you're in public school, you get what you get. <laughs> right. So... Now, as a youth basketball coach, um, what was the learning curve like? You know, uh, what have you found that you can take from your high school and college experience and do with youth basketball? And of course, now, you know, the kids, the boys at seventh, seventh grade, um, some of them are deeper into puberty. Some of them haven't hit puberty. So they got, right. you know, strength qualities. Um, right. What works? What translates? Skill development. Period. Skill development. Being organized, having struck. I mean, every for every practice, I have a written out practice plan. I don't go into practice and just roll the balls out and say, okay, let's play. We have a written out. See, I, I'm lucky. I coach with two other high school uh high school head coaches. So and they all they and both of them played college, you know, athletics. You know, so we have structured organized practices, not a lot of standing, not a lot of line standing. Every, I always bring enough balls so everybody has a ball in their hand, and we do a ton, at least an hour of skill development. Ball handling, shooting, passing, transition drills. Uh, because when you, get, when, when you get down to it, especially in, especially in youth basketball, listen, they're not running set plays at the end of the game to win the game. They're not running. The coaches are out there calling. They're not watching a college game or a high school game where you can call a set play. You're basically relying on your skill development and your and, and, and just what you do every day in practice. 
If you can dribble the ball, you can dribble the ball. If you can pass the ball, you can pass the ball. Teach him how to catch with two hands, pass with two hands. Go up to fundamentals. Because at the end of the day, fundamentals at the highest level is what's going, what's, what's going to make the difference between a good team and a great team. Because everybody has talent. Everybody can run and jump these days. Everybody's strong. You know, everybody has some height. But footwork, you know, just the little things. I pay a lot more attention to detail as I've gotten older than I did when I was younger. So when we're doing this, it's it's September, right? Uh, we're approaching mm-hmm. mid-September, and this is a time of year where fall and winter travel basketball tryouts happen. Right. Let's talk the anatomy of a tryout. Yeah. I'm sure you designed tryouts, you know, 22 years ago. Right. Uh, is it still the same? What have you learned works in a tryout, and what are you looking for? Well, you want the ball, in a trial, you want the ball in the kid's hands as much as possible. Because it's nothing worse than going to a trial and the kid says, well, I never touched the ball. Or they didn't pass to me. Or, you know, the coach didn't see what I could really do. So, usually every trial I've ever done, high school, uh, youth, I want to make sure I have enough basketball so everybody has one in their hand. All the time. Warm it up with a basketball in your hand. Doing all the ball handling stuff, everybody's got a ball. Shooting stuff, everybody's got a ball. I want everybody to have the equal opportunity to touch the ball. You know, and I do a lot of the the fundamental. I always break it down. After we warm up, we do ball handling stuff. We do passing stuff. We do a sh- lot of shooting. Um, then uh, usually a lot of times, and, and that usually takes about an hour. You know, and then then I want to see kids play. It's not always five on five. There's some three on three. So kids got to touch the ball. You know, some four on four, some five on five. You know, you can't just roll the ball and have kids play five on five because you got some kids playing who dominate the ball and certain kids don't ever touch the ball. So I don't even know what they can do. They never touched it. So you have them play some three on three. Yeah, I mean, I'm not big on doing one-on-one drills because, you know, sometimes you get a kid on uh, – so I've had players who weren't good one-on-one players, but they were great role players, running the floor, catch the ball, hit it to them in the corner, they're going to knock down the shot. You know, they're position players. If we're playing a, a one three one or a 3-2 zone or whatever, they know where to go. They take charges, they rebound. You know, it's not a one-on-one game. It's a five-on-five game. So I try to, try to make sure everybody has an opportunity to touch the ball and be able to show me what they can do. And your tryout lasted two days. Right. Is there a reason why you do two days? Is it just so, you know, kids who can't make it the first day can make the second day? Oh, yeah. Are you trying to see them over an extended period of time just to help your decision making? I just want to make sure everybody, you know, everybody's had bad days, you know. And say you you came one day and you didn't shoot the ball. I mean, I've had players, for instance, um, uh, I, I just used uh, my sister coach, Seth Willingham, his son. Very good shooter. Great shooter. He has one game, he shoots, shoots poorly. The other three games before that, I mean, he might have he might have shot 80% from the floor, from three-point line everywhere. Everybody has a bad night. Everybody you know, has a night where they don't shoot the ball well. I always give people multiple chances. And also, you know, you're talking about 35 kids in the gym. You got three coaches in there. We don't see everybody. I mean, <laughs> we just don't see everybody. You And also, like you said before, some kids couldn't make the first tryout. 
you know, but they can make the second trial. And and I just think that's fair, you know. And so, and, and, and realistically, you could even have three trials, to be honest with you. You, know, you could. If you had gym time, gym space where you can go, or if we had a better time of the day where parents wouldn't come in like 7.30 to 9.30 at night on a school night, you know, and I was like, okay, these parents are done with this late night stuff. <laughs> so for a parent out there listening uh, and their kid is considering, you know, they want to play on a travel basketball team, there's going to be right. uh, what advice would you give to the parent? Uh, you know, can you prepare your kid for it? What would you tell them going into it? I was saying tryouts. I tell people all the time. See, we're, we're in a society right now. Where we care so much about, oh, how many points you score? Or what you do? I mean, how, how many buckets did you get? <laughs> I'm like, look, everybody can't score the ball. But, you know, you know like Charles Barkley said a long, long time ago, you know, I'll clean it up. You know, any person can score if you shoot the ball enough. You know, I always tell kids, look, if you're going to try out for a team, coaches understand effort. You play defense as hard as you can. You go for every loose ball. You dive on the floor if you got to. You rebound. You make the right pass. Don't force up a bad shot when you got, your, when you got a teammate wide open for an easy shot. Coaches are more impressed with that than they are seeing the kid come down and just go one-on-one on time. Yeah, he scored. Okay, yeah, he's skilled. But is he going to play defense for me? You know, like, it's funny because, like, I look at my – I have a lot of kids from – returning kids from my team that won seven of eight tournaments. And we got a lot of them can score. We didn't win any of those games because of what offense we ran. We won those games because we played defense. And we turned people over and we shot layups the majority of the game. That's it. So I'm more impressed with kids who, who take pride in effort. You know, and I always say, coaches will never overlook effort. I've I've seen more coaches make exceptions, keeping kids because man, I'm sorry, this kid plays real hard. I cannot cut this joke. I mean, he does, he or she does everything. You know, and that's all I preach to my kids. I mean, my son, name, he always can score. And when I first started coaching him, I said, son, I don't care how many you score. I just need you to learn to play defense. Because that's what I was – I mean, I could score, but my, I pride myself on being able to guard, play defense, you know, and that's what is going to get the big stop at the end of the game when you need one. Right. I've learned uh, that not every team is the right team for every kid. Uh, no. I've also learned, um, you know, as my kids went through youth sports, it really helped if you were coaching because you had more control over what yeah. was uh, But – what would you tell parents to look for when they're deciding what team fits their kid? You know, I mean, that's a tough one because, because, because when you're going into trials, coaches are always going to have their best face. They're always going to have, you know, there are, it's almost like when you, if you go out on a date and you're meeting the parents for the first time, you're going to be super nice. You're going to be impressive. You know, that's what that's just what they do. You know, but if you know that you're going to try out for a team, do some research. Go see them play before you decide to try out for them. Uh, go see how they – and also go see how they structure uh, tryouts. Is it organized? Is it uh, 
Do they look professional? Uh, how are they? Because I think most of the time, parents worry about uh, how hard the coach is coaching their child. And also, obviously, they worry about playing time. You know, now, I always say this with travel. If you are going into this wanting your child to play a certain amount of expecting a certain amount of time, you might want to think about rec where people are designated a certain amount of time. And also, if you want your child, if you think your child is ready to play travel, you have to play more than just practice days. <laughs> you have to work outside of practice. Because guess what? Most people who do play travel, they do practice outside of practice time. And also, you know, um, have a conversation with the coach. If I, cause you really, cause you really don't know what's going to happen during the season until the season's there. You know, you, you, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard, but you just got to understand going in, you have to really question your child. How dedicated are you to this sport? Are you just going to want to play or do you want to work at this four or five days a week? You know, you only practice twice when, when nobody's looking or do you think about basketball or, or do you think about football or baseball, whatever sport you play? Are you interested in doing work outside of just practice? Because if you're not, you might want to think about rec or you can find an intermediate. Because, I mean, because even if even in travel, there, there are different levels of travel, hmm. you know. But, but as far as, you know, look, being able to, you know, guess what a, how a coach is going to be, unless you go – Unless you go beforehand and see their teams play like the season before and see how they play and see how they coach from the sideline, see how their substitution pattern is. Because as a coach for me, my greatest, my greatest wish for any team I put together is that whether I keep eight, nine, ten, or eleven guys, I got to be able to say, look, I can only keep kids that I can play no matter what the score is. If I have to be up 20 or 25 or 30, then I'm putting myself in a bad situation right now because there's going to be some kids, unless you're blowing teams out all the time, there's going to be some children who are going to be upset because they're not playing a lot. And that is the biggest difference for me between high school and, and youth. Yeah. In high school, I didn't feel bad if certain guys didn't play because they understood what the situation was when we came in. Right. You know, and, and you're not paying money to do this. <laughs> this is free for you. <laughs> but people... We're paying money and are involved in, and they are invested. You know, it's kind of hard to, 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 to go through a game and their son doesn't play a lot or doesn't play at all. Yeah. It goes, goes back to that irrational thing we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I imagine you don't run into many other youth coaches that have your experience uh, on the sideline. So it, it's pretty amazing to think that, you know, your kids get to be coached by somebody like you. Um, which is a real win. Uh, and so I was thinking about how in the European soccer model, a lot of the big clubs, some of their very best coaches are at the youth level. Right. When you think about it, it makes sense. You know, when you're teaching kids the right habits, the right way to play, right. it makes for better players. 
right. grow older. I don't know that we fully grasp that model here. Um, it always mm. seems like it's a battle to get to the older ages because it's more glamorous, right? And right. Right. It, it all depends what you're looking for. It all depends what you want out of coaching. You know, um, you know with me, as an educator, as a teacher of like 23 years, I understand that the chi a child's mind is most active and, and absorbs more instruction and information and material than an adult mind does. And if you have good instructors and good teachers at a young age, they pick up on what you're trying to teach much quicker than an adult does. They're much more receptive of teaching, of advice, of instructing and changing. I mean, this year is my first experience with anybody younger than probably, you know, 15, 16 years old. And, and I started working with these kids when they were nine, I think nine or 10, a lot of these guys. And they, and I've seen so much, so many changes in their game. We instruct them, hey, keep the ball below your knee. Uh, get your elbow in when you shoot. Um, like I had two kids who played, had a kid play for me this year. He came with us and started with us in March. He could not make a left-hand layup. I'm not joking. Couldn't make a left-hand layup. I mean, he's 12 years old. Can't make a left-hand layup. Man, I see him another day. And we work on fundamentals. We work on layups all day. I mean, all day. We just, I mean, layups is the most missed shot in basketball. So we just work on layups all day. I saw him the other day in trials. I mean, he's going on to make 11 layups. I mean, he's spinning it. And that is what makes you feel good as a coach. And that's what makes me – when I was coaching high school, for me to change a kid's game, try to get a kid to, to do what I want him to do and because and, this is a better way, it's like pulling teeth. At the youth level, at the younger level, they trust you because – and that and that that's the key. As a youth coach, you gotta develop trust. And once they trust you, and they and once they trust, they know what you're talking about. I mean, they run through a brick wall to try to do it the way you want them to do it. And and long as you give them repetition, practice, got a ball in your hand all the time. You're not sitting in a line. You're not listening to a coach talk uh, a quarter of the practice. You're actually doing, 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 doing. You know, and their motors are much higher. Than high school kids. High school kids need rest. You know, they, uh, I want to take a playoff. Nah, younger kids, I mean, I, they go, they go 100% all the time for the most part. And they really work hard. And I think that is, to me, that is just, that makes everything worth it with youth, with, with youth athletics. Just that they absorb everything, like a sponge, they absorb everything that you're teaching them. And they'll listen and they'll do their best to try to perfect it. Right. That's, I mean, you've given some great advice. Uh, let me ask a fun question. Have you watched Cobra Kai on Netflix? <laughs> my, my kids have. I mean, and I, and I, I, I act like I'm not uh, interested, but I, once in a while I look at that, like, man, all right. So what happened? What's going on? And if I say, why don't you just come sit down? So <laughs> my, kids sit. <laughs> my, my kids and I watched it together. We really enjoyed it. We laughed. And yeah. I was watching it, I was like, this is not only a great show, it's not only really funny, but what crossed my mind is it really kind of pertains to coaching. Yeah. Different styles of coaching. Yes. 
and you know how it affects the kids you know right. negatively different styles you know it also the impact of dads and the absence of them because when you think about the characters in the show right. a lot of them don't have dads or have a bad dad. right right so, so right. it's amazing like i never thought about you know i'm going to watch cobra kai and i would get like coaching information out of it yeah I, you know what it's like when I coach, and that's another thing, it, it, it changes my demeanor, how I coach, you know, when I coach the young guys. I mean, I, I'm still firm, and I still want to win. Believe me, I want to win. And and I want and I want to make them better. I push them hard. But also, you got you you also got to keep it back in mind. Diallo, they're only at 12, they're 13. Slow down. All right, you know, and then, but I've gone soft some days, and they look at me as like, why are we running? Why are we going? Because every time, like, at trials of the night, when I say, hey, get your toes on the line, the guys who play the returners, they were ready to start running because they knew that's usually what I say when we run, you know, just, just to get some wind sprints. They're like, nah, we're not running. They really like to be pushed hard. Not abusive. Not, not you know, disrespectful. I always say, look, I'm not. I'm never going to disrespect you, you know. And I know you never disrespect me. I'm going to push you hard. And I'm going to be demanding because you're on the team. Because I know I see a, a high level potential in you, and I just want you to be the best you you can be. That's it. Yeah, you know, um, got, we're about the same age. And right. I kind of playing fully tell my kids when we watch Cobra Kai that. Johnny Lawrence, like when we were kids, that was kind of how they spoke to us. Yeah. <laughs> so like guys, guys like us, like, you know, our era, I mean, I think we have like a little Johnny Lawrence, like somewhere inside of us, but these days you can't say it. Yeah, you can't say it. Can't say it. <laughs> I mean, I laughed, I was like, man, the things that I saw and experienced as a player coming up, I'm like, good gracious, man. These coaches wouldn't have lasted a week. <laughs> it's just amazing, and, and and as you get older, you understood their passion, and you understood where it would come from. That's all they knew. That's all you know. You know, there's multiple ways. Like I always look at uh, like two of the greatest coaches. I look at Bobby Knight on one side, I look at Dean Smith on the other. Both of them, both of them had great success. They just had different styles, and maybe their styles was based off how they were brought up. You know, or their experiences. Not mean one person was a good person or a mean person or a nice person. No, I guess I guarantee both of them behind closed doors off the off the court, both of them were nice. But they had just different ways of growing up and learning how to coach. Yeah. Different styles, you know. <laughs> this is the way it is. Yeah. And like for me, I mean, I can be fiery as a, as the next person. You know, I think more with youth sports. So I've been coaching. I'm more of that protective, fiery guy. If I feel like my players are not being treated fairly, that will make me more upset than any turnover or anything. Or if I feel like we're playing against a team that I think, because we played against a lot of older teams this last year, you know, because the reclassification and all that. And, and you'll see sometimes they try to get overly physical because we're smaller and – and if I don't feel like the referee's protecting the kids, I got to protect them. <laughs> and I protect them by talking to the referee, look, you got to clean the game up or you lose control of it. 
Oh, I'll take my team on the floor because my number one job is to protect my children. And if I feel like they're in danger, no, I can't. See, when I was in high school, I wouldn't ever worry about that. You know, we're all big. <laughs> you know, But I think that's the one thing that I've, that's changed. It's almost like Papa Bear type of thing. You just want to make sure that the kids are safe and they're safe on the floor and off the floor. And uh, and that and that right there is my biggest concern when we play. When we're playing in tournaments, whether we're at home or away, we're in real crowded you know, uh, venues, you just want to make sure that everybody, that's why I come, that's why the organization piece is so important and structure is so important because you want everything to go because reality of it is parents are putting their children in your hands and you got to make sure they're taken care of. And I think, you know, when you think about one of the major differences, that's one of the major differences between high school and say youth sports. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've, You've given us a lot of great information, Coach, and uh, I've really enjoyed talking to you and listening to you, uh, hearing your insight on a lot of different things. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed this time here, man. Mark, I had a great time. You know, hopefully this is the first of many good conversations we have. You know, I love, I can talk forever about athletics because, you know, that's what we do. And uh, and I enjoy it. And, you know, it's funny, like, I tell people I retire from coaching, they look at me like, Man, you, you just turning 50. Well, you, you're retiring? What are you going to do for the rest of your I'm still coaching. But, no, I just – I will always be involved. And and uh, I, I just – I enjoy what I'm doing right now more than anything that I've enjoyed in probably the last 10 years. Definitely. Awesome, man. We'll do it yeah. again. Sounds good. I look forward to it. All right, man. Thanks. All right. See you soon. See you Friday. I'll see you on the sidelines. <laughs> All right, now. Thank you. <laughs>